This is day 109 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing Psalms chapters 63 through 67. Lord Heavenly Father, our soul cries out to you for help as well as our longing for you that you've put in us. Lord, we thirst for your knowledge. We thirst for your presence. We thirst for belonging to you. We don't always understand these feelings, but Lord, we know that there's something greater than this world around us. And we know that we answer to a higher calling. And so often we allow ourselves to get distracted from that reality and seeking our own pleasures or just trying to feel like we have to survive day by day without fully understanding that you provide so much for us and bless us beyond imagination. Or that we may just put our trust in you and simply that, to be satisfied with whatever you give us in this life. Please help us to understand this more tangibly today. Please bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary, to see your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it will go into the depths of the earth. They will be delivered over to the power of the sword. They will be a prey for foxes. But the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory. For the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongue like a sword. They aimed bitter speech as their arrow, to shoot from concealment at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They hold fast to themselves an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? They devise injustices, saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot, for the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep. But God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they will be wounded. So they will make him stumble. Their own tongue is against them. All who see them will shake the head. Then all men will fear, and they will declare the work of God.
and will consider what he has done. The righteous man will be glad in the Lord, and will take refuge in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. There will be silence before you, and praise in Zion, O God, and to you the vow will be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all men come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you forgive them. How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you, to dwell in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds you answer us in righteousness, O God of our salvation. You who are the trust of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest sea, who establishes the mountains by his strength, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, and the tumult of the peoples. They who dwell in the ends of the earth stand in awe of your signs. You make the dawn and the sunset shout for joy. You visit the earth and cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. You prepare their grain, for thus you prepare the earth. You water its furrows abundantly. You settle its ridges. You soften it with showers. You bless its growth. You have crowned the year with your bounty, and your paths drip with fatness. The pastures of the wilderness drip, and the hills gird themselves with rejoicing. The meadows are clothed with flocks, and the valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy. Yes, they sing. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, How awesome are your works! Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Bless our God, O peoples, and sound his praise abroad, who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. For you have tried us, O God, you have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net, you laid an oppressive burden upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. I shall come into your house with burnt offerings. I shall pay you my vows, 
which my lips uttered and my mouth spoke when I was in distress. I shall offer to you burnt offerings of fat beasts with the smoke of rams. I shall make an offering of bulls with male goats. Selah. Come and hear, all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. God, be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among the nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Today is another short reading, but there is so much good stuff in here to talk about. Chapter 63 is a psalm that David wrote when he was in the wilderness of Judah, most likely when he was still fleeing from Saul. And we see two recurring themes in today's readings. We see what it's like to fellowship with God and to bless him. So this is more not focusing on ourself this time in our issues and our troubles, so on and so forth, but this is more focused on God himself. And I like that as it should be. And I hope in our hearts that we can say that we are in verse 1. And if we're not there, that's okay. We can get there. But this is how we should approach the Lord God every day. Verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. Do we seek him earnestly? I hope we do. I can tell you that I don't always do it. And I can only speak for myself. And I'm sure that others struggle too, but... We should seek him earnestly every day. How much so? Like this, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now what kind of water is he talking about here? We understand that God is holy. We understand his righteousness. We understand his goodness. And we are so often in a world of evil in a place that is dry and weary of good. Don't we see that more and more every day, where it just seems like goodness is disappearing? And we thirst for normalcy. We thirst for righteousness. We thirst for people who are looking out for their best interest and for the interests of others. And so often we don't see that. That's why Churches today are supposed to be a bastion 
of that kind of refuge and safety where you can be who you are in Christ without fear or reservation. We are in such a dry and weary world where there is no righteousness, there is no goodness, because people only think about evil continually, as it has always been from the beginning. May our life be like this, where we thirst for God. We understand that we are completely dependent on Him, and He is necessary for our life. And apart from Him, we have no life. Do we think of God this way? Only you know that. And if we don't feel this way, or we don't often think this way, we are now at the crossroads where we realize there's something lacking in us, and we should stop what we're doing, and we should pray. Pray to the Lord that he can give us what we ask, as well as to increase and intensify the relationship that we have with him. Because if we continue reading this psalm, we see what it's like to be in his presence. You know, we have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. We need to see that. We need to look. Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. We don't just save that for Sunday church. We save that for every single day. It's something that we hold, we do on a daily basis. Multiple times a day, we should serve and worship the Lord for who he is and what he is doing. And ultimately, if we understand this and we're doing it, then we'll be at verse 5. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Think about the juiciest steak you've ever had. Why is that steak so good? Maybe the flavoring of it as well, but it's that fatness, it's that marrow that gives it the extra flavor. Fat is flavor. We can use that comparison when it comes to God, that, that excess, that flavor of life that he gives us, and our soul is satisfied with him as it should be. He is the only thing in this world that will completely satisfy. We don't run to him all the time for that satisfaction, but that is the reality of it. So certainly there is so much that we can get out of these psalms if we really stopped and studied them. Now, I'm not going to do a whole sermon on each psalm, which we easily could do multiple sermons on one psalm, but for the sake of argument, let's not do that we got other things to do. But again, this is a superficial study of the Bible. This is not to replace your personal quiet time, but this is just to get exposure to different parts of the Bible that we may not always look at, or to perhaps see it from a different viewpoint than we have before. Psalm 64 is going back to something similar to what we've seen in the past with David, where there's a plot against him, and he is seeking that plot to fail. He is asking God to act on his behalf. You know, like these plans, they want to sharpen their tongues toward him. They want to aim bitter speech as their arrow. 
they want to shoot at him without fear and lay all these traps for him and no one's going to notice. But then you see in verse 7, God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they'll be wounded. Obviously that's not literal. But what he's talking about is that God will frustrate the plans of evil. And many times he will bring their evil back upon their head. And when he does so, he does it in such a way that people notice. And when people notice, they'll recognize that it was not man that did it. But instead, the, the working of a higher power. And ultimately, even the frustrating of the wicked will glorify him, as it properly should. That's why in verse 10, the righteous man will be glad in the Lord and will take refuge in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. They will be glorifying the Lord in what he's done. God is faithful to his people. And we should never doubt that. Psalm 65 is a hymn of thanksgiving written by David. And David is praising God for his favor toward us. And don't you see how much favor he has toward us? Like it says in verse 4, How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you to dwell in your courts. We will be satisfied. And you, you see this, this language here. He chooses us, and David understood that. We were elected. We were predestined by God to be saved. And we don't deserve it. There's nothing we could have done to earn it. But still, God has chosen us for some reason. And all we can do in response is give him the glory for it. And that's what David does here. And he recognizes God's greatness. And then he recognizes the harvest that is at the end of the psalm. The harvest being not necessarily the, the earth. I mean, yes, he takes care of the earth itself, but also, also he takes care of his people. Everything that God touches become successful. And so you see what he says like you hear in verse 9. You visit the earth and cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. And we, we see the stream of God is full of water. You know, water being life. So everything God touches is life. And we know this to be true. That even though in the physical sense, things are not always enriched because of the way things are, and also God's sovereign will. But things seem better, don't they, when we are enriched in our spirit. And we can only get that way if we spend time with God and we are obedient to him. So the only natural response would be like he has at the end of verse 13, that we shout for joy. The, even the valleys and the meadows, the pastures, all of his creation sing praises to God because he takes such good care of everything. So he waters the whole earth. He takes care of his creation. Why can't we think that he can't take care of us when he has exalted us? He's given us dominion over the earth and he's told us to subdue his creation. Why wouldn't he take care of us? 
since he loves us so much. Psalm 66 is a celebration of national deliverance. And he commands the earth to praise God, as well as to offer sacrifices. And he commands the people to pray and to give praise to the Lord. Why wouldn't you? Well, you know that God listens to prayers unless there's something in our hearts that we are leaving unchecked, right? Like it says here in verse 16 through 20, Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. Surely that's what we're supposed to do too, right? We're supposed to share the gospel. We're supposed to share what God is doing in our lives. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So if we are praying for wicked reasons, selfish reasons, being angry with God, so on and so forth, we have no right to do that, and he won't listen. And not only that, but if you are praying with proper posture, and it is aligning with God's will, he will do like it says in verse 19. God has heard, and he has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. So we have to understand that anytime we pray, we don't always get an answer. Or it may not be the answer we want to hear. But it's not up to us. God is responsible for the results of the prayer. So we should never grow weary of asking God and petitioning to God and praising him, even if we feel like no one's listening, because he's listening. He always does. So don't ever get discouraged by prayer. Prayer is the most valuable thing that we have to commune with God. And finally, we have Psalm 67, which is a psalm of thanksgiving, where we don't know who is writing this one. It looks like one from David, but we don't really know. This is asking God to continue blessing the nation of Israel, as well as the other nations around, so that they can learn and experience God's love and his bounty in life. And ultimately, to result in praise. And the ultimate goal, I think, is what it says here in verse 6. The earth has yielded its produce. God has done his end of the deal. The world has been fruitful because God has allowed it to be fruitful. God, our God, blesses us, like it says here. God blesses us. And what should be our response to this? That all the ends of the earth may fear him. This unfortunately will not happen until the Lord returns to take us home. But that is the ultimate end of all things. The ends of the earth will fear him, whether willingly or forcefully. Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.